Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. It's this season four, Maggie. Is, it's season four. We're yeah. here. Uh, I still haven't made a new icon for season four yet, but it's going to happen. I can I feel mean, it. You don't you have know? to tell them that. People Well, yeah. People well, from the future yeah, they don't, don't need have to know. to know. Yeah. I suppose. But no, it's fine. In retrospect, it was there was an icon the whole time. Yes. You know? But there's always been an icon, Maggie. It's been there forever mm-hmm. um because we the, uh, the pair of us are iconic we're a pair of siblings watching glee <laughs> all the way through yes neither of us finished it no and we're, uh, we're, cl- we're we got to the point we were just talking about it we've gotten to the point where i don't know anything anymore um yeah this episode actually kind of marks the end of my knowledge of things because i i i had heard about some of the things that happened in this episode but now I don't know. Now I don't know what happens in the future, and I'm very sure. excited. So, so this episode is called the breakup. Yes. So this episode was your breakup with Glee. Kind of. Um. <laughs> to be fair, the end of season three was my real breakup with Glee. Mm-hmm. Um. But and I, then it just there was like sort of a horrible long distance relationship situation mm-hmm. where you weren't really listening to each other and you weren't really like giving each other the time that you both deserved and uh you just grew apart well it was did more you cheat on glee sam did you cheat on glee no maggie it was more like glee and i officially ended things at the end of season three mm-hmm. and then glee came yeah. worming its way back in and was like aren't we still <laughs> dating and i was like no we and fucking like, broke up who's, who's this new show that you've been seeing that is like a better version of me <laughs> yes anyway it's season four episode four um just some quick stats so we can actually get into the meat of this uh, this originally aired on October 4th, 2012, with 6.07 million viewers, which is up from last week's 5.79 million. So, good, cool. I guess. <laughs> Probably because, uh, like, Finn was in the promo. Yeah. No, I, I and know. everyone's like, Finn's back! I refuse to believe that anyone was like, oh, I'm going to stop watching Glee. But then they see the promo that has Finn, and they're like, Finn's back? I guess I'm going to watch. Listen, I think some people <laughs> like Finn. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I feel so All bad right, for this them. Is, this is written by Ryan Murphy, and it was directed by Alfonso Gomez Rejon, who really had some fun yes. with some split screens. <laughs> yeah, as he normally episode. does. To be quite honest, he he yeah, usually he, does. He loves like the the overly cheesy <laughs> kind of vibe, which is what Glee needs, obviously. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're starting out, we have no recap, thankfully. Cool. Um, uh, we're, but... we're in the cafeteria, one of the cafeterias. Marley and Jake are comparing their poor tickets. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're lunch tickets for, um, for lower income kids, but they're just like cheap, Plain raffle tickets. Yeah, that that's that's weird. You can buy it? it like the dollar store. Yeah, I guess the school budget is just real low for this, which is ironic, <laughs> I guess, considering what they are. But yeah, it, it's weird because they chat about being you know, poor. Um, yeah, and in my in my experience, it's like it, when you go to get your lunch, they know your name, and then you can just get your lunch you don't have I mean, to give away like a raffle ticket maggie it's a tall order to ask four different cafeteria staffs to know every student at mckinley 
It's in a fucking computer, I bet. <laughs> Maggie, this is before Sam. computers. Also, um, <laughs> we also... It, this is... It's interesting because we're getting like... This episode doesn't have a lot of Jake and Marley in it, but we get a, no. a bit of Jake back story here, I guess, in that like he tells yeah. us that his mom used to be like a high-powered real estate agent, but when the recession hit, she had to become a waitress at a country club, and she's the only black woman there. Um, yeah, um, so she had to become a waitress, but um, we know that she was a waitress at some point Yes, before that, because Jake... Well, Puck tells us that his... Puck, Puck told, told us that sort of mean slight. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, this is confirmation that Jake is half black. Yes. I, I just, I just want to point out that Mr. or Senior Puckerman here really has a thing for ethnic Jewish ladies. Like, Yeah, he does. Um, he sucks yeah. really bad, and I don't want to talk about him ever. Okay. Uh, we do find out that Jake takes dance classes yes um in this scene because he likes like yeah my my mom's even picking up extra shifts to pay for my dance classes and marley's like haha you dance classes <laughs> you are a loser uh, yeah uh, 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 <laughs> and then uh jake's like don't tell anyone don't tell anyone about my dance <laughs> my passion for dance yes uh, and then we zoom we away what kind of yeah we don't know what kind of dance though no so. but i'm sure we'll find out but then we zoom away from this table to blaine and Brittany, who are wistfully watching these two and bemoaning the yeah. death of their loves <laughs> yeah they're lamenting their somewhat spinsterhood <laughs> i guess it's really more like blaine being like kurt's ignoring me and i'm sad and, <laughs> and, Brittany, and Brittany being like santana's busy and i'm sad well and the best part is like there's a moment where blaine is like they're so young and in love don't you remember when it was like that for us when it was every day was valentine's day and Brittany's like aren't we still young like every day is valentine's day <laughs> all right Man, do you remember when the show was good? No. <laughs> and Tina cried when she was singing to Mike about Valentine's Day. I do remember that, but Maggie, that wasn't good. It was just funny. <laughs> One and the same. Okay. Um, so then we get the Gleek title card. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, and now we're in the Bushwick loft. Yes. Uh, Finn is here, obviously, because he arrived unceremoniously at the end of last episode. Mm -hmm. I guess with some ceremony. Did he bring anything or just himself? I can't remember. I think it was just him. Other people yeah, bring flowers I, when I they come, but he doesn't. <laughs> I was thinking about the orchid, but that was definitely Brody. Yeah, and then and later someone brings like a bouquet of roses, but, but it's Finn not Finn brings nothing. He brings his sorry ass. <laughs> yes, that's... Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we find... Uh, Rachel's like, where have you been? <laughs> like, um... Uh, but first, like, Kurt and Rachel are sort of debriefing as they are, like, Kurt's cooking, and he's like... You know, I'm glad I have earplugs. And Rachel was like, we didn't do anything. We just laid in bed silently. Yeah. Well, say anything to each other. Because that's, it's funny because Kurt's like, you are up late. It's already noon. And Rachel's like, we didn't do anything. We just laid there all night. And it's like, what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it sounds so bad. So bad. Like, yeah. horribly bad. Um, well, which, and we get like another 
<laughs> we we can't talk about the thing that happens later with with the sleeping situation. Oh my god! No. but it's like Finn. Maybe you should sleep on the couch. Yeah. or something. <laughs> See, that's okay. Like, I am, I am boondoggled at how they have so much <laughs> furniture. Oh, I was just about to say that <laughs> this loft is full of furniture, and it's like nice furniture. And, and Rachel like, last episode was complaining about how she couldn't afford a new wardrobe, and it's like, bitch, you have all this furniture. Where did you get it? Like, <laughs> they stole all of those couture gowns and sold them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that does make the most sense. Honestly, that me this would be a better show if it included a heist. <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. We find out that Finn, because Finn comes out out of the <laughs> the lesbian bed death room, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Rachel is like, where have you been? Have you been in ARMY? And Finn's like, um, yeah, I was in ARMY for 16 days until I shot myself. Jesus Christ. I, in all caps, <laughs> I was like, he's not in the ARMY because he shot himself while cleaning his gun. Like, But he named Rachel. <laughs> which is really too... Like, is it supposed to be, like, an ironic meta joke? Or is it just... Yes, absolutely. Oh this God. is Ryan Murphy's, like, masterwork. But, yeah, so Finn tells us he got a semi-honorable discharge, which I was yeah. watching with Chris, and Chris is like, that's not a thing. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but, like, man, this is so stupid. Like... Finn is still carrying around, like, an army fatigue backpack also. I guess that's um, what you get for getting discharged. You get to keep the backpack. Yeah, do you do you have to, like, you know how when you do, like, cheerleading or, like, band or choir or something, you have to put a lot of money into, like, buying the outfits? Oh. Is the, is the army the same? No, I don't. I think technically, like. Do they get. Do they give you the outfits? I think so, because I think the government gives them money to buy the outfits, but I'm not positive. And I'm no, I don't want to talk. I don't want to tell tales out of school. What I do want to talk about is how Rachel refers to Finn as quote lumping around, which is yes. one letter away from limping around, which I found very funny. Well, okay, so he's he tells Rachel that he's been backpacking through Georgia and that he's feeling really lost, and that's why he hasn't returned her phone calls. And Rachel says, "Enough lumping around." <laughs> yes, well, because uh, Finn is already she's, she's already fed up, which is great. Yeah, because so you'll remember Finn's only trait, his only characteristic, mm -hmm. is that he has no discernible pathway in life because he's a sad sack with no talent. Um, yeah. So at the He's end lost. at the end of season three, he finally like made a decision and was like, This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let Rachel free, I'm gonna go join the army, blah blah blah. I'm all confident now. Um, we're right back. Right back into terrible shitty Finn that no one gives a shit about. Like Because he shot himself yes. in the leg with a gun named Rachel. That's that's what happened. Uh <laughs> Uh, and Rachel has this sort of grand speech about how this is perfect. Finn is in New York now. They can spend all of their time together trying to find Finn a new dream. And maybe it's at Niata, oh my... where Rachel is. Oh, you... So, okay. She, she invites him to all of her classes. Okay, Kurt couldn't get in. You trollop. Get the fuck out of here, Rachel. Hey, <laughs> don't call her a trollop. She thinks Finn is talented enough to go to fucking that... Niata? 
that does not mean that she you do don't call her that she's just dumb i take it back but honestly i i wrote that yeah like Here's another thing. Rachel seems to have forgotten that they broke up at the end of season three. Um, and she's right back. <laughs> she's right back to this yeah. like disgusting heteronormative fanaticism that I just don't yes. understand. <laughs> like, yeah, I like. I don't think anyone under- understands it. Like everyone around them is like, what is happening? Really? Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Rachel is like, move in here. Let me derail my entire life so that we can focus on your emotional well-being oh my God. let me do a lot of emotional labor for you um after you basically ghosted me for multiple weeks after like throwing our engagement off of a train i mean uh that'd be cool right maggie he was embarrassed about shooting himself in the leg and he should have like he he needed to be like that is no i get that i get that he was embarrassed about that but he doesn't get to come no. crawling back to her just because he's like sad no and like i said they don't address it in this scene it takes a while for them to get to the fact that they did break up at the end of season three <laughs> like <laughs> okay but the next scene yeah. We're back in Ohio. Yes. We're in Brittany or Santana's house, someone's house. Brittana are folding laundry together. I think it's probably Santana's house. I think so, too. Yeah, because she's doing Lord the Tubington laundry. Lord isn't there. Yeah, and it's not Brittany's um, bedroom, for sure. No. Uh, so Santana says some real shit, where she's just like, how did Kurt get that job at Vogue.com? It doesn't make any sense. His fashion has always been just, like, eccentric. That doesn't mean it's good. I, I wrote down <laughs> I wrote down that Santana discusses, uh, discusses the issues we brought up in our last episode. Yeah, because Santana always says the real shit. Yes. She's not afraid, <laughs> uh, which is frustrating, because that means the show knows that. It knows it. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's been a real problem. Uh, uh, Brittany is like yawning throughout their conversation. And we find out that Santana has made a point to only do her laundry in Ohio uh, because she's driving from Kentucky to Ohio to do her laundry to see Brittany. That's that's actually really cute. Which is really sweet and yeah. adorable. <laughs> yes. And Brittany's yawning through this whole thing. And, and she's like, oh, sorry, I've been up late reading christian propaganda yeah so about the about armageddon yeah see this little c plot line is weird it, it's uh, the thing about this is it's just really ham-fisted because it's specifically to make a single point which is stupid and not good but i i think this must have been the heyday of when they made the movies for the left behind series um oh so this series is real oh yeah no this is like this book series is real yes because i i listened to a i listened to a podcast that's uh good christian fun and they talked about this like book series and like the movies that accompany it and like man they are not fans (laughs) i I mean what why would why would anyone be a fan of a movie depicting fake armageddon well maggie because kitty thinks she's going to heaven that's why she's a fan. Ugh. Um, but we also find out... Well, Kitty sucks. Yeah, because that's the thing is she's read these Left Behind books. And the reason is because there's a club at school, the Left Behind Club, that has been founded, I guess, by Kitty. But Joe and Sam and uh, Jake are all part of it, as well as... And also Dottie. Yes. Dottie Casatori, who... There's a specific line. I, I pulled it out here. Dottie Casatori is Tina's assistant. Everyone graduated and things got weird. I guess that's yeah. their explanation for why the first episode was so bad, but... No. 
Uh, so the next scene is Blaine and Kurt having a split screen phone call in the McKinley hallway. Yep. Um, apparently they have a phone date in the middle of the day. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Blaine could have a free period or whatever, and it sounds like Kurt doesn't wake up until noon, so. <laughs> well, when does when do, does Vogue.com open when are with their working hours? <laughs> Maggie, it's in New York. Who knows? Maybe, and, well, I mean, I to be know. fair, they're not open at midnight. We found that out last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Well, 1 a.m. Right, right, because that takes anyway, 30 minutes to get there. <laughs> Kurt like calls Blaine and Blaine's really excited to talk to him like lights up when he gets on the phone but then Kurt gets another phone call cuz guess what he's got the little R- the ear thing yeah, well he's <laughs> he's like on a switchboard and like later in the episode yes. we see it it's like in like a little closet that they have the switchboard <laughs> of all of these which is weird <laughs> yes <laughs> like it's super weird um but essentially it's to set up this point that Kurt is essentially telling Blaine he's going to put his career first. Um, mm-hmm. And Blaine is and, like, I really miss like, you. And and Kurt is like, but this could is a big opportunity for me, so I'm going to ignore you. Bye. <laughs> well, the best part is Kurt calls Blaine and then mm-hmm. is like, oh, then, I have to go. And then is like, oh, I, oh, I can't talk to you. Yeah. Here, let me call you. Oh, no, sorry. I have to get off the phone immediately. Well, it's did you listen to the thousandth episode of yo is this racist Mm-mm. at the very end of it they do a single call in that episode and at the very end it's this woman who calls them like starts her question and is like uh oh wait i have to go and just like hangs up <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of her question it's so good fucking dope <laughs> but that's so good yeah and and she didn't call back to leave like the full message she's just like ah fuck <laughs> well like she got another call she's like oh i'm getting another call i have to go and like the people on the shore like she knows she called us right like <laughs> <laughs> so good oh man uh yeah kurt's an asshole yeah can no we kidding. just like say that outright kurt is like sort of a dick yes especially because a lot of last season was like him reassuring Blaine that everything was going to be fine. Yeah. And also like, like it sounds like Kurt is, it sounds like they put in some like practices in order to like, you know, make this work. Like they have phone dates and they like text and all that stuff. But it sounds like Kurt is the one who's just being like, eh, like, like yeah. if you cared, you would put in more effort and figure out a way to make it work, Kurt. And he obviously kind of doesn't like, and yeah. to be fair, I feel like this show kind of pigeonholed itself. And that's what this whole episode's about, about having these relationships yeah. that are all like spread across the country. Um, and it's like, the show is like, we got to solve this problem in one episode. <laughs> Let's do it. So, but like, I understand like Kurt's, you know, he moved to a new city. He has a new job. It's in his like per- uh, preferred area of work. Like his life is really exciting. And like, yeah, I mean, he's an asshole. I'm not defending him by any yeah. means, but, like... I mean, even even when they do talk on the phone, like, Kurt is selfish. Yes. Well, that's the bigger thing. <laughs> in, yeah. in, at least in the things that we've seen, right? Yeah. In, like, he's just ignoring Blaine and being like, but remember me? Yeah. And what I'm doing? Forget your tawdry <laughs> high school bullshit. Let's talk about my things. Uh, yeah. But so yeah. this next scene will... So Clayne's yeah. falling apart. Yeah. So this next scene will help feed into that. We we cut to the only other class we've seen at Niata so far, which still seems to take place in the dance studio. 
Yeah, and it's an acting class, uh, but it has Rachel sitting, like, right, like, nose to nose with some rando and, like, resuscitating lines. I guess. Like, but... That's the class. Yeah, because the thing is, we see Finn... And that's not right. We did see the round room. Don't forget that. Well, but... That's the thing. It seems like Niata is composed of these two rooms. This room and the round <laughs> room. <laughs> so. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. We do not get grand sh- sweeping shots of the campus because I'm pretty sure Niata doesn't exist. Right. So. Okay. But so uh, this scene is actually about Finn because he's sitting in in the class and he's voiceovering, of course, because that's how the show works. Yeah. He's monologuing about how great Rachel is and how he's such like a shithead. <laughs> pretty much which again literally every fucking episode of this show so like cool um but this leads to an actual number for the first time this episode um Woo. finn and blaine do a duet of barely breathing yeah um finn and blaine are really on sort of a, a similar wavelength this episode yeah. because they sing together a lot yes um which this song is fine i'm really not like mad at it i think finn sounds okay um and honestly cory monteith is looking pretty good like he, he's got a slight tan so he doesn't look quite as like pasty yeah or, um, i think he i don't know he also i think he got a haircut too which i agree he looks a little better but like he still has the the big thing about <laughs> this especially like you're talking about how like finn and blaine do a lot of numbers together this episode the problem is that like Blaine is a better singer and also mm-hmm. is more is actually emotive. So mm. the comparison of the two of them just puts it how start like it puts it very into well, stark contrast that like Finn just looks like he needs to poop all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that is Finn's emotion. <laughs> like th- don't you get it? That's part of it. Is that Finn is like part he has been entrenched in this like toxic masculinity where he cannot oh express God. his emotions in any other way and it, it like it just presents him as him either really needing to poop or being unable to poop <laughs> yeah, he's, which is he's pro- really um, which probably has a real physical component as well he's really emotionally constipated which is true he is i and just it, it, I bet it transfers to real constipation as well because he seems uncomfortable in his own body all the time. Like you're, you're absolutely right. I think my issue is I just hate how much emphasis this show places on Finn's masculinity because I, I don't yep. care. <laughs> like and we're, I know I don't care either, and it is annoying. We're gonna have to get to it so, though. But there's an important part Finn, during the summer. Yeah, Finn is at Niata and is like going through different rooms in Niata, watching Rachel be successful, obviously, <laughs> and. <laughs> Blaine is um, sort of wandering through McKinley and he ends up in the choir room where he like Facebook friends this random dude named Eli. Maggie, he doesn't friend him. He pokes him. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. He literally, he pokes. Yeah. Oh my God. This guy named Eli whose profile picture is a lighthouse. So cool. (laughs) Um, Is that a dick reference? I guess. I have no idea. It's, it's so stupid. And like, also, was poking still a thing in 2012 or 2013 at this point? It was 2012. I, I, I don't think so. No, right? I mean, I, I assume the real reason is that they couldn't show, like, Grinder. <laughs> I guess. Like, that's um, what this but, is. Like, they should have. I mean, they should have, right? Yeah. Like, that would have made a lot more sense. Although, 
Uh, it's also weird because supposedly this is Blaine's second ever, like, re- like not tryst. Yes, like this is the second time he's ever like the second person he's ever really like had sex with, right? Like, because he was supposedly yeah. a virgin before he and Kurt had sex, and this hasn't supposedly, happened. But he's also right. <laughs> he's also a demon, right? Um, because yeah, the the it gets to some like sexy texting by which I mean someone says you're sexy. Come oh, over. yeah, Eli just texts like, hey, sexy, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and, Blaine, and Blaine just looks at his phone and is like... <laughs> yeah, I am it's, sexy. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then there's a implied that Blaine is going off to meet up with this Eli. Um, Eli C. Yeah. So... Okay, I did notice that his picture was a lighthouse. There is a mention of lighthouses later in the episode is there does blaine have a thing for lighthouses maybe they do look like penises maggie um later in the episode blaine like i mean i'll, I'll get i'll i'll mention the lighthouse okay. thing when it comes yeah to l- let's save it. the next yeah. scene is back in the bushwick loft rachel finn and kurt are planning to go out and kurt is like you can't wear that fin you're in rags yes well because they're going out uh, yeah. to a very fancy karaoke bar um mm. give me just it's called callbacks yeah give me just a second the cat is scratching the carpet so i'm gonna let him in sorry about that they are how's gus uh, he's fine it's just the problem is like mm. chris isn't here to entertain them because he's at like a work christmas party so like they're both just being real rambunctious so i'm sorry that's okay i mean i'm fine with it it's just i'm trying to record a podcast and you think they would understand that and respect respect it (laughs) yeah like cats respect Uh, anything okay so so the the trio as it were are gonna go out to callbacks yes but wham bam boom guess who's here it's blaine and he's got an enormous flower bouquet. Yes. Because he knows how to be a proper house guest. Well, Finn. also, Maggie, he is riddled <laughs> with guilt. Um, yes. Another thing, too, and I'm going to bring this up again, but, like, are plane tickets from Lima to New York just, like, really cheap? Like. No. Because <laughs> it seems no. like they're really cheap is the thing. They're not. Okay. Is the thing. Okay, cool. Uh. But Blaine is here, and uh, Kurt's like, oh, I'm so happy you're here. I didn't expect you for two weeks. And Blaine's like, I just couldn't wait to see you. <laughs> and is sort of, I mean, he definitely seems on edge. Yes. Um, well, because. So the next scene. Yeah, because we immediately cut what? to the bar where. where they're, Yeah, they're at callbacks. And Blaine seems morose as hell. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just, like, really sad and. Uh, Kurt's like, wow, I, you know, I I missed you. I'm so glad you're here. And Blaine's like, yeah, I missed you too. <laughs> well, and it's great because Kurt doesn't really seem to pick up on it. He's like, this is our first night out in New York. It's so exciting. We're, We're going to remember this forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, <laughs> we should be laughing. This is like supposed to be I mean, oh, heartbreaking. Here's the thing, though. Like... We already talked about how much of an asshole Kurt is. And, like, I'm not defending yeah. Blaine on this one either, but they're both kind of assholes. So, like, it's true. I don't feel especially bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, 
Grody is here as well. Yes. And he talks to Finchel a little bit. Um, and they like Finn and Brody kind of size each other up a little bit. Uh, well, okay. So I, I thought that the is, first time I watched it on my rewatch, yeah. Brody doesn't really seem to be very, I don't want to, I don't know how to put it, but like, it feels like combative. Yeah. Finn gets real shitty really fast. Um, yeah, but Brody totally. seems to be pretty respectful <laughs> of the fact that like, yeah, Brody. Yeah. Brody's chill because he knows that this relationship will not last and that Rachel will be his. I mean, I guess you can read it that way. I also had his like, Brody's actually like a decent human being who respects yeah. oh, Rachel. Wow. Maybe he's a good, maybe he's just a good friend. <laughs> uh, so Brody is uh, talking to Rachel about how Rachel's going to sing because at callbacks, all in the auto students sing. Like yeah, they, sure. That's a thing that happens here. And uh, Rachel's like, oh, well, I wanted Finn to sing with me, but he keeps saying no. And then Finn um, is like basically into duet cuckoldry. <laughs> he's like, sing with Brody. I'll watch you sing with Brody. Yeah. which He's like, why don't you do it, Brody? You're a student, aren't you? And it's just like... And Brody's like, yeah, totally. Like, Finn is so self-sabotagingly, like, it's just, like, <laughs> I don't feel bad for you because he... No, I don't feel bad for him either. <laughs> Though, this whole song, which is Demi Lovato's Give Your Heart a Break, we we just cut to Finn through most of it, and he's, like, just sort of simpering, yes. like, sullenly, just like, oh, Rachel's singing with someone else, oh, well, I'm, I'm such a piece of garbage. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, of course you are. Like, why are you torturing yourself with this? It's great, yeah, because when Rachel sings, like, Rachel starts it because she sings, like, the main bits, essentially. It doesn't need to be a duet. Also, they bring up, it's like, it has to be a duet. No, not really. The original song is not, so. <laughs> but um, uh, Rachel starts and has, like, the majority of it. But when it's just Rachel, Finn is, like, smiling a little bit. And then when Brody starts, like, it just, like, falls away. And it's just like, yep, yeah, that's right. Like, um, yeah. the song is This is when I really noticed that everyone is excessively tan. <laughs> well, they're, so they're in New tan. York now, Maggie. Where the sun, the sun just, is out. just beats down on your skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, next time you watch a New York scene, take a notice how tan. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, really, when that, next time Finn is on screen, notice his tan. Notice Rachel's tan. Okay. Notice fucking everyone is tan as hell except for Kurt, who obviously wears sunscreen. <laughs> well, Maggie, uh, it's... Let, for real talk, they all got super famous, mm-hmm. so they all became Tanner. That's how that works. Um, <laughs> That's how it works. But That's how it works. Yeah. You become famous, and then you get a tan. Yes. Um, but so, yeah, the song is fine. Um, they stare at each other yeah. a lot, so it's kind of boring to watch, but, like, it sounds good. So Yeah, sounds just fine. Yeah. The next song is a little bit more terrible uncomfortable yeah. for like the whole for like the bar in fiction for us as yes people watching it with context for surely like uh, you know the nation writ large <laughs> for the uh, world the human race should be embarrassed the human race. now <laughs> blaine um kurt is like Blaine's like, oh, I have to sing. Like, I want to sing. And Kurt says that he wouldn't, he can't sing because uh, it'll be all over like he has Vogue.com or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like, uh, fucking get over yourself. 
ass hat <laughs> and Blaine goes up to the piano. We don't even see him go up to the piano. No. He's just there. Yes. Well, the like, best part is there's a guy playing the piano, which I just want to bring this up yeah. because I don't know if you've ever been to like... He's friends with Brody. Well, yeah, but I don't know if you've ever been to like a piano like karaoke bar. Um, the people who play the piano don't just step down for whoever. Like, they get tips well, for playing the piano. Like... It's not a thing. But the but but he's friends with Brody yeah. and Brody was like, "Oh, just tell the piano player." Right. I think Brody was like that I sent you. Well, I think Brody was like, "Tell him the song you want to sing, not mm-hmm. get him to give you the piano." But then, <laughs> but then Blaine is just sitting at the piano <laughs> uh because he does he wants to do an acoustic version uh, a reprise of Teenage Dream, which was the first song he ever sang on the show and to Kurt. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, so he he does this while crying and sweating like none other. Like, Oh, my God. So he dedicates a song to Kurt, um, and it, the, the performance is expressive, <laughs> to say the least. Um <laughs> And, and he plays with the tempo a little bit. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's really slow and feels like you're sort of going to die in the middle of the song. And then you see how sweaty his face is. And then he his voice sort of warbles, like, as he's singing. And it's just like, bam. Like, yeah, fuck. it's really bad is the thing. Like, I, I, I had to grab my food during this scene and I didn't feel that bad mm-hmm. about it. But, like, the the audio of it isn't terrible like when i didn't no. watch the screen i was like oh this is fine and then i got back to the screen yeah, I was like honestly, oh he's so sweaty like ooh, ooh. <laughs> it, the the reprise sounds good like it's sort of a different take on the song and darren chris sings it adequately um but the performance is uncomfortable yes to watch <laughs> yes maybe it's just because i am like incapable of um empathizing yeah <laughs> with uh this sort of expressive um, like performance but it's i mean no i don't know i think the point is that it's supposed to be uncomfortable and like kurt notices which is good yeah at the end of it everyone's like the thing is is i was as it finished i didn't know if the people in the bar were gonna clap or not yes Yes. They do. Um, and Brody's like, that was great. I mean, <laughs> which is like, was it? Brody just seems like the kind of person who would always support someone else. Yeah. So. Brody's, an, Brody's a real supportive dude. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, like we said, Kurt notices that uh, there was some real emotion happening there. Yeah. Which. Uh, because we, yeah. we go to the park next. Yeah, for, for uh, a very awkward walk. Yes, the couples are walking together. We have Finchel and we have Clayne. And um, we first go to Clayne and Kurt is like, so the fuck is going on? You've been real... You've been real... Like, messed up since you got here. (laughs) And uh, Blaine is like, yeah, I'm real messed up. You're right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, he, um, he reveals what we already knew because, of course, we saw it, but also... You know, we're not well, stupid. did we, like, it's, okay. It, I don't know if it's really implied that he, implied well, anyway, that he had sex with this random dude. Like, I mean, the, they, the... they had one, one f- Facebook Messenger interaction does not a tryst make. Well, I mean, the messages that we see literally go, hey, sexy, do you want to come over? Mm-hmm. So, like, well, the that kind of implies, like... 
I mean, again, if they had used Grinder, would have made more sense. I yeah, yeah. it really would have. But and I'm, they don't have they didn't have to use real Grinder. They could have used you know Grunder <laughs> or something. <laughs> Grounder. Um. But yeah. So then yeah. So Blaine tells Kurt that he slept with someone else. Um. Yes, and he said he does tell Kurt that it didn't mean anything. Um, and Kurt's like, "Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna cry now." Yes. Uh, um, which and, yeah, it gets it yeah, starts to get he, very sort of, yeah. Go for it. He's sort of righteously furious. Yes. Um, yeah, because yeah, he he talks about he's like, well, Blaine's like, well, I was lonely, and Kurt's like, I'm lonely too, bitch. Like, <laughs> and it, yeah. yeah, it starts to get very heightened, but, and then we cut away from them. <laughs> Yes, like it starts to get emotionally real, and then it's just it's done, it's over. Um, the thing I'd have to say about this little moment here is that I don't really feel all that bad for either of yeah. them. Um, and I don't know, their breaking up felt kind of inevitable because Kurt was being such a dick. Yeah, and I mean, there there's a little bit more about this later this episode too, but like, it it just feels like it's not only like a physical long distance, but also like a life mm. kind of long distance. Cause Blaine is very much still in high school. Like they're specifically setting up yeah. all these like weird, stupid plot lines. So that like Kurt is doing like real adult things and Blaine is doing like stupid high school things, which we already had three seasons of stupid high school things. So those storylines feel trite and stupid. So like, it just I yeah. you're being too judgmental of the like high school storyline cuz I like them. <laughs> They're fun. Like it's an all-around good time and the Kurt storylines are just they're so unrealistic. <laughs> it it's so annoying. Like it's like he's what? Like a fucking 19-year-old nobody. Like why is he working at vogue.com? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a trick. Maybe it's an elaborate ruse. Um but mm. anyway, by by Mr. Blaine Anderson, what do you say? I mean, maybe. Well, well, let's let's oh. hold on that. Let's move to the other couple in this scene, which is Finchel, Finchel. of course. Um, Finn essentially accuses Rachel of cheating on him with Brody, and Rachel's like, "We're not dating." Also, I did kiss Brody. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, she's like, "Remember yeah, that part then- where you didn't speak to me for four months?" Yeah, I kissed Brody, asshole. Like. <laughs> Uh, then they all sing. Yes. Don't speak. Yes. It is a four-person song, and um, probably the most notable part of it is when they're all back at the Bushwick loft, oh and um, they're all in pajamas, and we see them individually first, like sort of like lamenting and being sad while they sing their parts, and then the Finchel get into bed together, and Clayne get into bed together <laughs> to just like sort of lie next to each other yes at the, at, they just brought they just both did the the park park walk the park walk happened they both broke up it happened yes yeah i um when the split screens though yes. let's discuss them. well before we get to that my first thing is when i watched this with chris i was like why didn't like blaine and finn like be like oh we're gonna take this yeah. bed the two of you can go sleep yes. in that bed like and it's probably because yes, Finn's... that was exactly what I thought as well. It's probably because Finn's, Finn's masculinity is so fragile that, like, he couldn't handle that probably. Yeah. But he still, I... the I mean, they could have paired up differently, too. <laughs> yes. You know? The, the, the split screens, you're so right. It's I think my main thing is that, like, the way that they shoot it, which is, like, from the top looking down, 
at these yeah, people. We've got like a bird's eye view of the beds. Which like kind of zoomed out is okay, but close up of that is not good. Like <laughs> I I don't think it's that bad. Well, it's not I, I don't think it's bad from I, like a cinematography sense. I just feel like I didn't want to see it, you know? Like <laughs> Honestly, I sort of love it. Like, it's got, like, sort of a 90s angst, like... Music video. Music video yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, and the way that... There's some points when, like... Like, for instance, there's a, a shot where Rachel and Finn are horizontal on one side of the screen, and the other side of the screen is, like, a close-up of Blaine's face. Yes. And it's like... It's just... I mean, I loved it. Like, it was just such a mess. Um, so, you're you're absolutely right, because, like, it is very enjoyable to watch. It's just so weird, and, like... I think it really conveys their pain at the same time. <laughs> My issue is that, obviously, all three of the people who I have experience of watching the show all had the same thought, which is, like, why did they pair off this way to go to bed? Like... <laughs> That's not what you should be thinking when watching this. If you like, I don't. It's good. You're you're absolutely right. Um, when they they all kind of end, and I did like this shot a lot, where they all like turn to turn off because they also have two lamps next to each bed, which it's like, yes, for fuck's Why? sake. So yeah, aren't aren't Kurt and Rachel sleeping alone in those beds? Are, like you really only need one lamp. Aren't they like? kind of poor because they have to afford this no, expensive sam, apartment they're sam they're not poor <laughs> haven't you seen their furnishing vogue.com pays really well um vogue.com pays their interns 50k a year <laughs> more than that um but so it, to finish it off all four of them we get a shot of each of the four of them turning to the side to like reach for the lamp mm. thingy and i actually really like that shot i don't know why it just I don't know. And then they all turn off the lights at the same time, which is, again, very yes. music video. <laughs> so, the next scene is the morning after. Kurt has been, I don't know, sitting vigil. Yeah. Waiting for somebody to wake up. Uh, he looks rough, too. Like, uh, well, a little, yeah. A little scruffier around the edges. And turns out that it's Finn who's up first because Finn is trying to escape <laughs> without talking to anyone about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kurt catches him, um, and then they have, like, kind of, like, a nice moment where they're like, oh, we're brothers. brother interaction. Yeah. We're brothers. Yeah. We're brothers. Let's hug. And then they hug, and then, uh, Kurt's like, do you want me to say anything to Rachel? And Finn's like, no. Which, I do. And Finn's like, what's going on with Blaine? And Kurt's like, I want to (laughs) die. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I do think that, like, this is, like, the best thing that Finn does this episode is, like, he doesn't make mm. Kurt his, like, errand boy for dealing with his emotional <laughs> issues with Rachel. I mean, he's still being real shitty, but, like, it's nice that he doesn't put it, Kurt it into it. It could have been worse. Yeah. So the next scene is back in Ohio. We are at Breadsticks, oddly enough, well, um, because it's Kitty's Left Behind Club? Yeah, we we get one quick little thing before we get to Breadsticks, where Kitty accosts Marley at her locker with a flyer for the Left Behind Club and calls Twitter one of the seven signs of the apocalypse from the Book of Revelations. Kitty is just horrible. Yes. Like, there's nothing other than her being horrible at this point. 
And it's not a redeeming quality. I don't like her because she... There are some characters I like because they're mean. Kitty is just insufferable. Yeah. She's just annoying. Yep. And, and she's a white um, supremacist. Like, that's the yeah, big thing. Yeah, she's a thing. white supremacist. Yeah. Which is odd because she's dating Jake and has, like, Cookie from Ned's Survival Guide as one of her goons. Well, Maggie, I mean, that's... I feel like that's kind of typical, though. She's proving that she's not Maybe. racist because she's dating a half-black oh. guy, you know? Sure, but she is super racist like, she's very, very racist. racist yeah uh and then we go to the armageddon club and breadsticks the whole lot of people are here it's all it's a weird cavalcade of yes characters um and a, a, a fake rapture gets staged to yeah. basically harass dotty in an extreme way yes. um and uh, Dottie comes out of a bath of she gets sent to the bathroom to like look after like a fallen Japanese woman and which is great and sort of racist. And then um, Dottie comes out and sees that every like it's just a bunch of empty shoes and empty clothes. Yeah, because and basically has a panic attack about how the rapture missed her. Yeah, well, because here's the thing. Not only is this like a weird random group of people. But all of them are in on this idea that they had to bring a change of clothes. So that way, if anyone mm-hmm. asked, like, if anyone, specifically Dottie, though, it appears, asked about being on the fence about the rapture happening, um, they could all leave their clothes in the chairs and hide somewhere for this really awful thing that they're doing. Because Dottie has a it's breakdown. Really... like, And you would, too, because yeah. this is terrible. Like, this is a terrible it's... thing to do to someone. One part terrible in fiction, one part, like, just fucking dumb (laughs) as hell. Like, it's so dumb. It does not need to be in the show. It's so stupid. It does need to be in the show because you'll you'll remember uh, Britannia is here um, because... And Santana is is voicing, like, she's like, this is dumb. It's like, of course it is. Yes. Of course. But um, because they leave with Dottie... Um, and they come back and they see Dottie have this like meltdown and then Kitty like stands up from behind a booth or whatever and is like, this is what it's like to get raptured. Do you believe now, Dottie? And Dottie kind of just like loses her shit. Um, uh, but- it's horrible. At the same time, Marley is here because Jake invited her. Yes. Well, to Jake this, more like was and- like, please come to this. I need someone else to yeah. be here. Like, And... Marley does make a fun joke about J- Jake being half Jewish <laughs> and would he get half raptured or get raptured at half speed, yeah. which is would great. Would go up to heaven um, at and half then, the speed? It's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, and then uh, Marley is just like, I just can't understand why you would want to be with someone like Kitty. Like she, she keeps saying that to Jake. She's like, I just don't get it. Yeah, which again, neither do we. So... Why would um, we? But other than I guess Kitty is popular. Blonde. Um, but yeah, so and, there's uh, also a conversation here where Batana talks about how the whole reason that this happened, besides I guess the Kitty thing, because that becomes important later, mm. is that Brittany can point to Dottie and be like, "When you let la- you you Santana, you left me behind, just like Dottie." this hysterical Japanese girl, how could you? And it's like, what? Yeah. Brittany's just like, that's how I felt. That's how I feel. And Santana's just like, 
ah. Like that's, but uh, it's so far to yeah. go for this conversation. For this. Like, it is. It's too far. The show. It was. It's bad. Yes. Guess what? The show's bad. The next what? scene is um is another example of the show being bad. Yeah. Finn is here to see Will, and of course, Will is extremely happy to see yes. him. And it's just like, oh, you're not in the army. And Finn's like, yeah, army went bad. Uh, well, my favorite part about doesn't yeah. clue him in. Well. My favorite part about this is Finn is like, can we talk? And then he pretends to cry on Will's shoulder, which is top notch. Mm. Well, I mean, it's not only Cory Monteith. Was that a chef's kiss you just did? <laughs> yes, because like... Chef's kiss. Because, but we've talked about it before how like people on Glee have a real hard time actually crying. They all just kind of like scrunch their face up real hard and like yeah. make like noises. Um, but that happens here. Yep. Uh, and Will's just like, well, you're always welcome here, obviously. Because I love you. And <laughs> then we go to the choir room where Finn is just hanging out. And Blaine uh, comes in and is like, oh, you know, you left before I could say goodbye. And Finn is like, the fuck? Did, why'd you do what you did? <laughs> and Blaine's like, I don't know. Yep. like I, It was written for me. I had to do it. Um <laughs> that's basically it though like he's just like finn's just like so um why'd you do it and blaine says i don't know <laughs> which <laughs> man really good reasoning you know Oof. i'm i get that maybe he doesn't want to sort of explain the whole situation to finn um in this semi-public space because blaine hates right finn. yes and also finn so... hates blaine so like there's not really good blood here um but so, uh, the everyone else comes in, and the new characters remind us that this is dumb because they're like, "Who the hell is this person?" Like, <laughs> yeah, J- Jake and Marley are like, "Who is that guy?" Um, uh, it, but everyone else welcomes Finn with open arms, and Will sh- comes in and is like, "You know, I it's what I tell everyone in Glee Club: you always have a home here, even if you just need some space to figure yourself out for a little while." Again. Because that's uh, definitely not what Finn did all of last year. So, whatever. Uh, whatever. Uh, and then they talk the musical yes. for fall. Will has some handouts that he gives everyone. Uh, everyone wants to do different musicals. Well, I think Tina's are are the best. Because she's like, I want to do Miss Saigon. Or, yeah. Uh, ones where she would play. Exactly. E- everyone has... A, an Asian American Everyone wants... To- the musicals where they get to be the lead is really what comes up. Yes. (laughs) But then, of course... Well, there's a caveat here. Will is like, okay, guys, we have to pick something that that plays to all of our strengths, but also isn't incredibly poor choice. Like, like, isn't it incredibly controversial and poor choice like Rocky Horror was? Um, And then Finn pipes up. Finn pipes in... And says, Greece, let's do Greece. Everyone loves Greece. It's a, cloud, a crowd pleaser, and it's about high school students, and there's only a little bit of sex in it. And um, also, this might be a hot take. I think Greece mm-hmm. is terrible. Ooh, I think damn. Greece All is right. really bad. I think that it has. Okay. I, I think that I, I'll give. I don't. I'm not giving Finn credit. I'm giving the show credit here that, like, people love Greece. 
But I don't think people should because I think it's full of really terrible messages and like really shitty themes. Like, well, isn't that the idea of like if you like Greece, you know that it's kind of a piece of garbage? Like, I don't think so though because I feel like people aspire. I feel more ap. I feel more apathetic about Greece than anything. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I can appreciate like the greaser aesthetic and sort of like the rockabilly vibe, Um, but. Uh, you know, the idea that Sandy had to completely change herself to become, like, a suitable girlfriend for Danny Zuko is disgusting. Yes. Obviously. Um, and Danny Zuko is kind of a piece of garbage. Yes. Um, well, and... Who hangs out with other garbage people. And, um, like, poor Rizzo... Right? Um, see, that's... ...is just treated so poorly. That, see, that's the thing. is I, I just feel like there's... We should we should think more about like which musicals are like should be canon and acceptable for high schools to do. And I say this with full awareness that our high school did Grease when we were both there. Yes. So our high school did do Grease. Um yeah, but neither of us were in it, so there's I was that. almost in it. So there was that. <laughs> fucking fucking brag about it, mm-hmm. idiot. Okay. Um let's but move anyway. Past yeah, this. so I wrote a note here. If Finn becomes the new well, I'm gonna kill the show. I'm going to murder it cuz oh my god you're not just going to break up with Glee you're going to you're you're going to kill it in a murderous rage a, a crime okay, of passion I'm sorry Will was bad enough but if I have to watch Finn mm. every fucking week like direct the Glee club in its bullshit like no no <laughs> we I thought we were done Maggie I thought we were Sam, done Sam we are trapped in this mortal coil and this art project. Just sort of lean in. It's going to get bad before it gets oh, any better. Oh, no. And I, it's not... Honestly, it's not going to get any better, I think. I think it's just going to be bad from now on. Because, see, that's that's my uh, prediction yeah. going forwards. Because, like I was saying, you're the top of the show. I, I don't really know what happens anymore. My one prediction is that Finn is going to become the new Will while Will is in Washington, D.C., um because he Hmm. got the job we're getting to that scene real quick but like which we we find out in this scene right now that yes that will got the job yeah because he's presenting emma with the like letter of acceptance or whatever um and this is where he's like and you'll love dc emma and emma's like the fuck (laughs) excuse me yes um because Will wants Emma to come with him to Washington, D.C., and Emma is like, what about my life? What about the job that I really enjoy? What about, like, you know, my life here? And Will says, "What? well, what about me? <laughs> me, Emma. Me. It's Will. Me. Oh, my and God. And Emma's just like, yeah, I've told you what I had to say, and you're just not listening. Goodbye. Well, that's Okay. One of the things I really like about this is finally Emma is, like, fighting back against Will's like this is the same way that will has treated emma throughout the entire show which is that he expects her to just do whatever he tells her to do and like be his lapdog which is gross yeah um but finally and emma emma's just like you like you just don't think of me as a person you think of me as somebody who just does what you want me to do no yeah um and she does like you're saying like she ends he's like we're not done talking about this and she's like walking off and she's like we are done talking about this you just don't like what i have to say which bam Bam. emerald yeah (laughs) uh she emma sets a healthy boundary that's what we'll call that's what would be on her pamphlet set a healthy boundary you know what it really Uh, should say though break up with your manipulative fiance 
Um, <laughs> how to break up with your manipulative fiance without him murdering you oh, in a God. fit of jealous rage. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, oh, I come mean, on. It, yeah. Like, that's what I mean, happen. we've already established Will makes, like, a perfect serial killer because he doesn't feel emotions and, like, thinks mm. that he deserves things. So, eh, it might happen, Maggie. Okay. We don't know anymore. It might happen. <laughs> for for Emma's safety, we have to look out for her. Uh, the next scene is at Vogue.com. It starts with a long sort of roller coastering yes. shot through a hallway. <laughs> yes. um, Alfonso Gomez Rayhan just really wanted us to see all of Vogue.com, the set. I guess, um, yeah. Which is fine. Uh, and we go to Kurt's little like switchboard closet where we see this huge thing of flowers that are, it's, I, I think it's like yellow and red roses. Maybe some yellow uh, ones too. It, it's, yeah. Yeah, yellow and red. And uh, Kurt is reading a little note that says, please forgive me, blank. And it has... And there's like some X and Well, it has a little cartoony picture of a dude in a doghouse. Yeah. It's like a, it's it's a little like like forgive me uh, stationery, yes. which uh, maybe they had at the flower shop. Maybe this is like a normal thing. <laughs> I mean, Maggie, considering the fact that men are garbage trash, yeah, mm. yeah, it's definitely a thing. And that's where that's where the note goes is in the garbage. Yep. yep. Kurt just sort of lets it fall, um, because like. The what's what's the guy's name? The guy who's like pseudo fascism belts his punishment. You See, get a belt. I, no, you take your belt. I don't off. remember. I just know that now he's technically Kurt's coworker because like they're on yeah. the same team. But uh. he's the belts yes. man though. The belts man comes up to Kurt and is just like, "Oh, someone trying to apologize to you for doing something terrible." And Kurt's like, "Yes." <laughs> That is exactly what's happening, and I feel really bad about it. Well, and Belt Sky does offer to, like, man the station for a bit while Kurt can go um, misery shopping or whatever. Bin- yeah, bin shopping yes. is, I think, the term. Yeah, so that's nice, but um, we, we just end on the note falling into the garbage, um, which is fun. That's a fun shot. So then we get to yes. the scene that no one wanted, really. Um, we're in the choir room. Well, I, I like that Britanna are talking to each other. Isn't that nice? Um, yeah, we're in the choir room. Santana has summoned Brittany here to have a conversation because Santana can't say her things until she's sung about them first for some reason. Yes. Yeah. Basically, she, um, her, the way that she really expresses emotion the best is through song. Thanks, Glee. Um, she sings Mine, (laughs) the Taylor Swift song, which, uh... No shade to Chris here. He's a big T Swift fan. Um, he loved this number. Is he? So, um, and to be fair, I feel like it was actually pretty good. Like Santana sounds so good. What? Santana sounds okay, but like the tenor that Santana has to like use her voice in is just not the best Santana has ever sounded. Okay, yeah, I can agree. It's not the best she's ever sounded. But yeah. Maggie, we're comparing this to like four like shitty sad breakup songs that are all that all have finn in them so oh you need to stop complaining (laughs) he sounds okay when other people are singing over him (laughs) uh santana is it is a it's it's a touching 
serenade. It's very yes. nice. I liked it a lot. Um, and then Santana describes she she talks to Brittany about how she would never cheat. They they talk about how they would never cheat on each other. This is like a really open and like honest conversation it seems Mm -hmm. about how they're not really fulfilling each other's needs right now because of like the long distance problem and santana describes an energy exchange that she had whilst at college with um like a virginia wolf loving lesbian um which is amazing Honestly, I, I also made a note that this is definitely like the like stereotypical like lesbian joke that like I'm about it. Well, though. that like Santana feels <laughs> bad about the fact that she like made eye contact that, with another woman and like that they had an energy exchange. <laughs> Whereas like it's in comparison to like the gay couple where one of them like legit tweet like like cheated on the other one after like a Facebook <laughs> yes. poke. So. I just think it's funny because that's, like, the comparison they're making. And it's just, like, mm. I love Santana, though. Well, I don't know if it's, like, a purposeful comparison, but it's definitely, like, a shoddy yes. mistake. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And Santana breaks. They break yeah. up. And Santana says that she will always love Brittany the most. Yes. Um, and um, and they, they kiss. And um, I mean, this is... Out of all of the conversations that we've had, mostly because the other two were, like, just really emotional and not really productive in, like, a talking about our actual feelings sense, um, this one feels, like, actually kind of, like, mature and realistic, which is nice. So. Yeah. Uh, because, and, like, the general tone is that they're not dating right now, but they could be one yeah. day again. Like, once, once their lives, you know, figure out, you know, a way to be back in the same sink instead of... One being two different states, and then also one in college, one in high school. You know, typical stuff. So, yeah, they break up, which is sad. It's very sad. Yep. Um, then we move to the new young love. Jake and Marley are shooting the shit about how Jake is a half-black Kitty outsider. <laughs> and Kitty sucks. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jake is just like the only way that I feel like I'm not being bullied by the black kids for being too white or being too black by the white kids is when I'm with Kitty. Which is a bizarre um, place to be, okay. as we have already outlined. Okay. Yep. Um, and then Kitty comes up and says something mean to Marley because she's been bullying her about her boobs, basically. Like yeah. This whole episode that has been the theme. It's well, bad. she also does like um, a really impressive, like she doesn't get to finish it because Jake cuts her off, but she's doing like a really impressive, like tongue twister diss about Marley's mom. Um, and I say impressive, not yeah. in the like content sense, but just the way that she's able to articulate it. The consonants. Yeah. A consonance sense. Perhaps. Yes. Uh, and Jake, uh, cere- like unceremoniously breaks up with yes. her. He's like, you know what? You are a piece of shit. Bye. <laughs> Which it's great because he's like, you don't break, you can't break up with me. And Jake's like, um, no, I just did. And then, and then Kitty pushes him against the locker with his like pushes his jacket into him against the locker and cuts up in his face. Obama's gonna lose. And then storms off. Cool. <laughs> nice dog whistling, Glee. Yeah. Uh, the next scene is in the auditorium. Finchel has returned to their, quote, Jerusalem. I, okay, I had to stop this when I was watching it with Chris to be like, <laughs> okay, I know she's Jewish, but, like, she can't. Like, no. 
You can't you say can't that. You can't say that. Um, yeah, Rachel is in Lima because serious. Well, I wrote down a note. This this is my second little bit of the rant about the planes. How shitty are these planes? <laughs> are these the kind where they like put it in a big rubber band and then just like snap it across like you know a couple states? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's like those are really uh, okay. You know, you know what it is. Rachel has money. Blaine has money. They just have money. Somehow. They're just rich. They're just rich <laughs> because they're gay and successful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Finchel's in the auditorium, and Rachel just yells at him. She gives him a good yell, and it's all for good reasons. Like she's just like you abandoned me, then you ghosted me, then you. Came to New York and then you ghosted me again, you piece of shit. Yes. And, um. Uh, yeah. It, it's yeah. So here's the thing. Right, the acting by Leah Michelle in the scene is on point. It's Duh. very good. Um. The problem is she really stabs a dagger in Finn's insecurities about his masculinity because she talks about how like, like him dumping her was what a man does. Um, but him ghosting her is not what a man does. And I was like, I don't need yeah. this. Like, you can just tell him he was shitty for doing those things. You don't have to equate it to, like, being a man or whatever. Being a man. Because that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, That's garbage. It it doesn't mean anything, right? Like, Puck's like, oh, Glee Club made me a man. And it's like, well, did it? Like, what does that even mean? Do you mean that... What does it do, mean? Do you mean that Glee Club gave you some resources to help you prevent yourself from being a shithole? Because, like, that's kind of what it was. You're still pretty shitty, though. So, like, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, the best part of this argument i think is finn is like trying to defend his choices by being like i was giving you your freedom Mm -hmm. rachel and rachel says i don't need you to give me my freedom i am a grown woman which like hell yeah rachel even though you are sort of misguided in your devotion to finn i can appreciate that you said that line yes no i i love that bit um i have a question is rachel cursed Mm-hmm. Do you think someone cursed Rachel? Yeah, probably. Because um, the only other time I've ever seen this level of devotion is when Belinda was in the maze and got all the weird symbols drawn on her, and they didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, this this is a very oblique reference. You know, people are not going to know what this is. It's from the podcast my dad wrote a porno. Or I guess if you read the Belinda Blink books, you <laughs> would know. you somehow found those and read them without listening to the podcast. Read them apart from this podcast. Fuck, dude. I... You, would, you would have to be in, like, the trenches of depravity. <laughs> I mean, we did... we Not to bring up yet another podcast, but we we were in those trenches, Maggie. It's true. When we did, when we did our... Amazon erotica podcast we were in those trenches and it was a gnarly trench and it was bad and we got out of there and we need to move past (laughs) so anyway Uh, yeah um so yeah Rachel breaks up with him she like says straight up she's like I can't do this anymore we're done thank god uh and uh then she does a little bit more emotional labor for Finn anyway because he's like wow I don't have anything I don't have Rachel I don't have my job I don't have a future and Rachel's just like you can do it. Yeah, um I believe in you. So, first thing, Finn refers to her as my girl in that bit. He's like, "I don't have my girl." And it's like, "Fuck you." Um, but two, 
this feels a lot like how you deal with someone that is addicted, which is kind of like meta ironic, I guess. Um, mm, but yeah. like it's essentially Finn's like, Oh, I, but now I don't have anything. And Rachel's like, Hey, um, I'm done. Like you will figure it out. I believe in you, but I can't do this for you anymore. Please like hell. Yes. Yes. Rachel. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the last number um, takes place right after this breakup scene. Rachel leaves the stage and Finn kind of, Finn must be like imagining this or it's just well, sort of a, like a non-diegetic ac- accumulation of all these plot lines. It, I mean, it, it, that's um, what it really yeah. is. But at the end of this number, Finn is alone on the stage and seems surprised that he is alone. So yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it's, I don't it's know. The scientist uh, is the number. Yeah, Finn starts, and then Blaine joins in, and then uh, Santana is there, and then Kurt shows up, and then Brittany, and then uh, Wemma. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, Emma and Will are there, and then Rachel to close it all out. And the song is good, I think. Yep. Yeah. No, I think it's fine. Um, it's Coldplay, <laughs> so, meh. but um. The they do show us like some of the like first moments of each couple. Um, oh my god, they look like they babies. look so young. It's crazy how young they look. Like, yeah, specifically Rachel yes. and Finn look like Finn, babies. The littlest babies. Finn looks like an actual baby. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Uh, and yeah, we see Kurt and Blaine running down the hallway oh, at Dalton. Yes. Um, and this is like Kurt's not even in his Dalton uniform. It's when they first met, right after the staircase yep. bit. And uh, then we see Santana and Brittany like cuddling in their uh, Letterman yeah. jackets in the choir room. And we see Wemma's first kiss. And then we see Wemma kissing. Did you Wemma. notice? I don't remember this from the original scene, but in that scene, over Emma's shoulder, you can see that there's an abstinence sign that says that it has the word sex with like a big like red circle X on it. Um, was Damn. that supposed to be that way, or is it just happy coincidence? Because like, ugh. who knows? Remember that was the kiss that Emma described as like. Uh, like what what was it she made like a pearl harbor oh my god you're right yes because she talked about how her teeth were like getting bombed oh terrible yeah terrible um but yeah that's the whole episode (laughs) (laughs) so we finished it uh but we're not breaking up with not yet (laughs) we're in this really destructive relationship with this show still and we need to do the podcast business Podcast, podcast business. business. I was gonna, I was gonna do like a don't. Speak oh, like, I like that. Okay, Post- podcast. <laughs> you know it's the business. <laughs> no doubt. So please stop explaining. Don't tell me because it's the podcast business. <laughs> don't tell me because it is indeed the podcast business. But, but it's, it's a metaphor. metaphor. And, and metaphors, metaphors are important. important. Gold stars are important because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor, metaphor for, for me being a star. star. So, this week, uh, as every week, um, we're going to give gold stars, best numbers, and ratings. Let's start with, every, well, maybe not the favorite thing, but the gold star. Maggie. The gold star. Who do you think deserves a gold star this week? 
<laughs> um, I'm going to split it between Blaine and Rachel. Wow. The two yeah. cheaters, you might say. I suppose. <laughs> um, Blaine, because, I mean, the Teenage Dream song is... I mean, it's definitely evocative. Like, I definitely felt yeah, but like Maggie happening. But what you felt was not good. Sam, cinema verite. You know, I I, I had a I had a reaction that felt genuine. Okay. I, I have to savor it. Oh God, uh, more just like feeling so uncomfortable that I want to sort of turn my body inside out, sink into the couch. Yes. But, um, um, yeah. And Rachel, because she f- finally gave it to Finn yes. and was just like, no. Yes. I I completely understand. I, I was wavering. I landed on Santana. My other option was Rachel. But oh. Santana's a great choice Yeah, because well. honestly, like... As she is always, <laughs> even when she's not in an episode. Yes. Because, like, she, she just deals with everything in such a mature fashion especially in comparison to all these other chuckle fucks that like have no idea what they're doing (laughs) like and also she has that like little rant when she first like when we first see her in this episode about how kurt's plotline makes no sense and it's just like preach it sister yeah yeah so you're telling me (laughs) so let's move to the best number our numbers to choose from are barely breathing Give Your Heart a Break, The Acoustic Teenage Dream, Don't Speak, Mine by Santana to Brittany, and The Scientist. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling? That's all. What are you feeling, Maggie? I'm going to go for Don't Speak. I do really love that song. Like, it's yeah. such a good it's song. It's good, right? Um, I picked Mine. Um... That's good, yeah. too. Because, sure. man, I just love Santana, and I miss her. Have you made Chris watch the um, the uh, fashion photo review where it's Violet Tchotchke and Katya, like, destroying Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, I can't do that to him. Also, he doesn't know who Violet it's Tchotchke am- is, am- so... Well, you don't need to know who Violet Tchotchke is. No, to, but, like, like it helps. Otherwise, just know that she's like a young, lithe uh, upstart. I mean, the the main reason is because I feel like if you actually have watched season seven of Drag Race, you have more of an appreciation for mm. what Violet has to say. Otherwise, she'll just come off as like some someone who just hates Taylor Swift, you know? Uh, you should watch this video because she like starts it off by being like, there is one Taylor Swift song that I like. <laughs> I'll say that. Okay. I, I think I've actually seen it, but it's been a while. So I'll have to revisit. Um, but yeah. But um, apart from the tangent, um, we picked the songs. Yes. So that means the podcast business is basically well, over. We just need to do the slushy yes, ratings. Yes, everyone's favorite part, Maggie, the slushy rating. Bully the episode. I'll be giving this episode two slushies today. Okay. Yeah, I'm giving it three slushies. Um, I think main thing is just that, like, I don't know. It just, it feels like this episode had to happen, you know, for everything to actually yeah, work. it feels like they're really cleaning up a mess. <laughs> yes. This episode. Because, yes. like, 
they're essentially t- cutting up all of the ties that we had between New York and um, Lima, which is good. Mm. It just, but like, it's just stupid, stupid. Yeah, um, and like unnecessary conflict yeah. has been generated over the past few episodes. That just is un, like it's not enjoyable to watch. Right. I don't enjoy seeing like Clay fall apart. It's not fun for me to watch like the only gay couple other th- like the home the the right. dude the the dude yes. <laughs> the dude gay couple fall apart it doesn't feel good and again it doesn't feel good to watch Britannia fall apart either it feels really bad actually it feels bad yeah and i mean maggie it is producing a feeling mm-hmm. in you so that is that is true, but like I completely I I'm on board with that because it's just also because it just feels so stupid. Like I yeah, yeah. and like, the only thing we have to look forward to is like white bread garbage. Well, I mean Jake is half black, um, but <laughs> well, this show is so reliant on like using romance as a main yes. part of their plot that. Like they're and they're destroying the only good parts of of these romance scenes. It the the only good yeah, parts. Yeah, I I think the big things. Uh, the, one of the things that the the last thing I knew about Glee post season three mm. was that um, Blaine cheats on Kurt with someone that like we've never seen. We never get to see. It feels random and stupid, and it's not good. Um. Oh, yeah, because Kurt is like, oh, it was Sebastian, wasn't it? And Blaine says no. And it's like, wouldn't it be better for your story if it was Sebastian? (laughs) Well, they didn't want to have to pay Grant Gustin, I guess. That's true. He was getting flash money by this point, I bet. Um, But I guess, like, I understand where those people are coming from, especially because in the same boat, like, this is, you know, one of the only gay couples, like, it really sucks to watch this happen. But it's not completely unprecipitated because Kurt's been an yeah. asshole for the last three episodes. Like, yeah, but like di- he didn't need exactly to be for the story. Exactly. Like they just made him one, right? So, yeah, <laughs> I'm I, just saying. That, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Is is are Kurt's like small moments of assholery from before this season supposed to indicate that this is going to happen? I mean, maybe. Like, I guess he. I guess he is selfish in a way because he wants the spotlight and like battled Rachel for it. And then there's that one time he snapped at a waiter, but we, we can't, just can't let it go. We can't, we can't base his whole character off that one moment. Well, right? Maggie, that's the real problem with the show is they do that all the time. Tina cries one time mm. and becomes the girl who cries a lot, you know, like yeah. it's yeah. just not good. It sucks. Um, yeah, you're right. It's just really bad. So, um, and yeah. I, the the one thing I can say that's good about this episode is that Tina and Mike didn't break up in this one. But think of how... They broke up off screen, think, think, but it didn't happen Think of how here. fun it would have been to just have every couple on the show break up. Um, I feel like they really should have leaned in and done it that way, now that I'm saying yes. it. Yes. Like, everyone should have broken up all at the same time which wemma didn't even like really break up they had an argument they just like, had a fight yeah <laughs> which that's i think that's the best part about this we, we you brought it up last week when i said the name of the episode and you're like oh who's gonna break up is it this couple is it this couple is it and it's like no it turns out it's all of the couples 
And they're even trying to, like, imply that other couples that didn't actually break up are also included. Like. Well, that's the theme, <laughs> Sam. It's, it's, it's called the thematic writing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I Maggie, know. I just realized Jake broke up with Kitty. What? There was another breakup. <gasps> <laughs> they didn't sing the scientist, no. though. Weirdly. <laughs> That would have been so good. Because all the, like the little the little kids get to sit at the kids table while the big while the big kids get to yes. sing. See that that's the other thing too is that like all of the like Marley and Jake stuff feels so stapled on to this like it's so separate from everything. <laughs> like it's so funny and stupid like it's just bad. But it's okay. Like I'm sure the the nice thing is we're gonna have this stupid grease plot line, which I'm not I'm not really excited mm. for. But at least we'll have more of the high school shit, I guess. Oh. So I've watched half of the next episode. Who do you think is gonna be Danny Zuko? So I did see the thumbnail for the next episode, and it is potentially a football player we've never heard of. Um, it, it is the Glee Project winner. Oh, Monfrere. the Glee Project two. You say? No, no, no. the The one. What wasn't it? They they never they never did a second season. But they already had. Yeah, it just took them this long to get the winner on Jesus. the show. <laughs> I know it's a fucking mess. Okay, well, yeah. See, that's let me let me do some googling to make sure I've got okay. this right. Um, but yeah. So next week, like we're talking about here, the the episode name is. Let's see. The role you were born to play? Oh my god, I was wrong. The Glee Project did have a second season. I was season. pretty sure it did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Meg, because Joe and, um, well, his name isn't actually Joe, but Joe and Rory but were the Joe winners won. of the first first Glee Project. Oh my god. And- this is terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> How could they do this? What's great about it is that, like... Joe won and Rory won, but uh, Unique and Random Gerber Baby were like second, like were like mm-hmm. runners up or whatever. And it turns out that Unique yeah. and Joe are the two that get to stay on the show. Like, yay! Well, also this. Well, guy, I mean, right? yeah. Oh, his name is his name is Blake Jenner. That's his name. Wait. And in the show, his name is Ryder with a Y, um, which is such like a gay porn star name. I can't get. But it. Jenner, like Jenner, Jenner, or no? It's just oh, okay. his name. Well, anyway, that's next week. Um, if you want to tell, if you want to talk to us about your breakups, Glee's breakups, our breakup with Glee that might happen at some point, um, you can reach us on Twitter at snmhateglee or by email snmhateglee at gmail and you can check our Patreon out if you want to get some extra content. It's patreon.com slash Uh We push most of our donations there uh, to the Trans Law Center currently uh, because transphobia exists on Glee and in real life. And we want to do our yes. part. Um, also, this ne- the, like, the next episode is going to have More of that. lots of transphobia in it. So. I mean, I can only guess, and I'm not excited, that... Sh- sucks um so Mm, yeah that's it though uh thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week to wallow in this mop bucket that they use to clean up 
they're garbage. I mean, at least they've cleaned it up, right? The mess is over now. No, it's not. It's still messy as hell. <laughs> okay, so next week we'll be back for uh, Season 4, Episode 5, The Role You Were Born to Play. Um, but until then, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. Ba, da, da, ba, 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 da, ba,